But uh, yeah, so I'm, I mean, I look Californian and I always get that, but it's just because I've been like a sun worshiper since I was like 16. So I just got the, you know, if you kind of get great. the sun, you kind of get the golden, golden hair and yeah. golden skin kind of just from like by nature. Living naturally. I don't get the golden yeah. hair, unfortunately, uh, brunette. I get a little bit of a blonde tinge on the ends, but uh, I don't think I'll that's go to still, full that's blonde. That's what I mean. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. Close. Jealous. <laughs> no, dude. Yeah, I, I'm super, I'm like stoked out here about how you became soul bra. Like that's what, <laughs> that's what I want to know. Like I'm supposed to be the podcast guest, but that, that's yeah, the only yeah. thing I really want to leave here now. <laughs> um, how did I become it? Well, I don't know, man. It was just a, you know, I talked a lot about the health benefits of it. Um, I was kind of spitballing a few different ideas with what I wanted to do with the Twitter profile and kind of just, it, it came to me, I guess. And uh, ever since then, it's just been a nice way to express kind of both angles of, you know, soul as in, sun natural living healthy way of life and then bras you know just the more kind of bodybuilding bro sciencey background that i that i enjoy and that kind of just came together like that i guess that's so dope mm. <laughs> i actually haven't gotten much into bodybuilding although i'm sure at some point i will i'm quite lean myself i mean it's it's yeah. interesting though the research um from like you know the sun basically the researchers on the sun show that just being in the sun stimulates like the thyroid stimulates all these different um parts of the the endocrine and nervous system and so they would they would observe like back in the day like that their patients who would get in the sun would just naturally get fit and mm. build muscle like without oh, yeah. any exercise oh, and yeah. they would just get healthier like people even people who are super sick and didn't work out at all yeah and so like i kind of think that's what happened in my case like i went i was like super skinny like unhealthily growing up yeah. and like when i say i'm lean like i'm lean but i'm like fairly uh like my friends would describe me as like ripped like despite for someone who doesn't work out like so i yeah. would have like massive freaking biceps but i'm sure if i lifted some weights which i why don't you work out uh, honestly like i've just been so focused on like my business and research it's not a good excuse it's just honestly more than anything a lack of um, yeah. any particular uh discipline of working out that really resonated with me but that's not a good excuse yeah. it's just yeah. but nonetheless i've been i've actually been starting to just do more body weight and like you know i'll surf like that's about the extent of my yeah. of my working yeah. out just haven't done a lot of weights well but i'm sure if, yeah i'm sure if i got over with you in australia we'd be uh we'd be killing it yeah yeah well i always recommend it like you're doing some exercise obviously so that's great it, not course, just completely yeah. sedentary but um <clears throat> i know lifting weights <laughs> itself has a like anything a few just health benefits you can't really get anywhere else and so even if you're yeah, not absolutely. like aesthetically minded which everyone is i think it's at a, at a base level uh it's good to do but you know that's besides the point so there's the sun making you more jacked that's what we should yeah get well that's that's kind of what i was like that was kind of what i was um getting at more than anything uh it's just it's just that it we i think by just living in nature obviously you know this stuff but like just by being in nature by being in natural light our body tends it works to, better it works the way it's supposed to right it's just yeah. how it is it's amazing yeah so yeah and that, that that's honestly part of the reason i've kind of just wanted to see like if i don't do a ton of like 
hard physical, you know, going to the gym and getting ripped, like what can I achieve just through like a fairly simple natural way of living. And so I've yeah. kind of seen the results of that are great. So now it's, it's high time and that I start layering in the things that I've been layering. Anyhow. Yeah. Um, so uh, you're recording obviously, which is great. Cause I think yeah. this makes for the best part of the yeah. podcast, but of course. <laughs> let's get into it. Um, yeah. So the thing about the sun is like the, another big one is vascularity like in response to sunlight uh you literally just like gain more blood vessels all over your skin and i have a, a few things that i want to go through uh in terms of covering different benefits of the sun and light and everything but you know let's just freeform it as well um mm -hmm. So the same with sleep, like I think if why I'm so big on natural living and holistically, you know, getting rid of technology, getting rid of blue light, all of that stuff is because you feel better, but you look better as well. And it's so, you know, there's only one angle that a lot of people come at aesthetics from, which is, you know, lifting weights and what am I eating? And they're great obviously they're important but if you're not living life in the way that your body is adapted to and making sure that your environment is free of all of the horrific you know modern toxins in a way in all their forms then you're not going to be optimally balanced you're not going to be optimally healthy and if you want to build muscle like even if you want to get just you just want to get ridiculously jacked. That's your only goal. Then you have to come at it from a point where your body is in most tune with itself and in, in most in tune with the environment that it came from and the natural way that it came from. Agreed, 100%. So in terms of the sunlight in the morning, what's happening there? I encourage people to get up, and get sunlight into their eyes first thing as possible when they wake up because that's going to go ahead and time the circadian rhythm and but, but what else is going on behind the scenes there yeah well it's so funny i love i love this discussion first of all i just have to say because it's it's so um fundamental to my nature at this point but i realized that as i sometimes i go into uh town or I go wherever and I see people who are living the way that most people live and so the knowledge that to you and I is so obvious is yeah. to other people like the most foreign thing in the world but yeah, yeah you, you said it you said it well it's literally that morning sunlight is the stimulus that our body has evolved to use for you know billions and billions of years of evolution to understand where we are in the daily solar cycle which is relevant because any living organism that you know has to function has to take information from the environment has to take resources has to do things with it when there's a significant daily change that affects the conditions of that environment it's worthy of taking note because it mm. changes the way certain things can function and so for living organisms it's super relevant to know when the sun's out and when it's not and it's a form of energy that can be utilized and so in the case of things like plants obviously and bacteria they can utilize the sunlight energy during the day for uh you know 
energy effectively and yeah. then and so their their metabolism is active during the day and then when the sun sets they're repairing so their metabolism is not active and they're repairing the damage that's innate to metabolic activity and humans and mm. all other animals do the same thing our when the sun is out our metabolisms are active and then when we're asleep our metabolisms are inactive but it helped they're less active they're still active a little bit but when we you know otherwise we'd be dead yeah. but i start with plants because it, people really realize like oh yeah like when plants are awake like they're all of the the th you know, pores and everything opens up and so yeah. they can really take in energy and and utilize it and so on and we're the same like this the light from the yeah. sun and this is where it's it's really really fascinating to me that the light from the sun is sort of like the spark plugs in a car's engine like it really it, it is the it gives a lot of the power um, in, our, in our cells engines. Yeah. It's like the ignition system. And if we don't have that sunlight, then our cellular engines, the mitochondria, which are responsible for life, energy production, every function in biology, they can't function anywhere near their highest level when they're devoid of sunlight energy. So basically getting the morning sunlight, back to your question, it just one facet of how the sun affects the body saying, hey, hello, wake yeah. up get everything going so that the, you know the body starts to make cortisol which is actually protective against you know sunlight exposure because sunlight is it's it can be damaging to a system if, if you don't have the right protection mechanisms in place which we do to a certain extent you know we don't want to go out and get completely burnt to a crisp but yeah. we have all these systems we need to activate those systems so that we can actually go out be out in the sun take advantage of the benefits and kind of uh, deter the negative effects. And if we don't get that morning sunlight stimulus, our body's not ready for the day. Uh, all of our hormones are going to be off. Our neurotransmitters yeah. are going to be off and people are going to be depressed and tired. And that's yeah. what happens. Like, And that's what the whole of the fucking Western world is going through right now because yeah, it's crazy. people don't go outside ever, even if it is sunny. And a lot of people are stuck in cities where it's not sunny. I mean, the sun is still there, right? I have this discussion yeah. with people is like, oh, I'm, I'm in fucking Sweden. The sun isn't here. What do I do? The sun, you know, there's still light during the day. Um, obviously, if it's winter, it's like dark fucking 20 hours a day. But yeah. the sun, you know, let's say typical day, the sun comes out. Even if it's cloudy, there is a lot of light in terms of the lumen scale, which is what light is measured on. There's still thousands and thousands of lumens coming out so it's imperative that you still get outside in the morning even if it's cloudy and the sun on as much of the body as possible and i'm interested because i <clears throat> i don't know the definitive answer to this but i know that your eyes obviously have photoreceptors but is there any other part of the body that has receptors that understand when light is hitting them other than your eyes yeah this is uh probably one of my favorite things to to get into yeah basically what i've come to learn from reading the research and it's it's funny like of the research that's out there there's so much on light it's it's mind-boggling really? like volumes and vol yeah volumes and volumes and volumes Why of books that? and 
well, because I guess there's smart people, smart researchers who who realize yeah. that light is relevant. And so I, I've only read a sliver, I'd say. I mean, I've read some of the most important pieces and learned a ton, but only a sliver of even of the total effects that are out there. There's so much sort of uh, under the underground literature that's that's just not super well known about. But anyhow, that's all to say. Uh, yeah. There's, a, there's yeah. a guy in Germany named Dr. Alexander Wunsch, who's like one of the big sunlight researchers. And I was at his house and he has like bookshelves with like these massive textbooks, like lining shelf after shelf after shelf about all the little things but anyway at a high level that's all that's basically all to say that light affects the body in so many countless ways and so yes there's photoreceptors in the eye obviously that are receiving light and both for visual processes and then what most people aren't familiar with but i'm sure you are are the non-visual processes which is what we're talking about with circadian rhythms so as you know on one hand there's the camera which is what we see visually and consciously and that's what most people and including myself for most of my life um basically thought is everything the eye does is see but the eye does a lot more than see it's all it's more of like a sensor and the primordial function of the eye before this really high highly evolved camera vision existed was more like a clock like a environmental sensor to know like we were saying before when's the sun there when's it not and how to adjust and so that's the start but then there's also been research showing that there are photoreceptors in the skin that sense for ultraviolet light and also for blue light. So our body's circadian system can also potentially be influenced based, uh, through the skin uh, as well as through the eye based on some of the research that's out there. And then even more interestingly to me is that effectively like every single biomolecule like every every atom in nature you know absorbs and re-emits certain um, spectra of light energy that's sort of what it's sort of innate to the characteristics of any atom and so does any molecule that's made out of those atoms and so does any biomolecule that's made out of those molecules so basically every biomolecule in the body absorbs and re-emits different spectra of light and if you look at it it's interesting that they happen to be organized around the spectra of light that reaches the earth in copious amounts, which is the visible spectrum and ultraviolet and infrared. In other words, it's not really a shocker when you think about it, like the body organized itself based on the wavelengths of light available from the sun, because with all of those light wavelengths coming in, those can be utilized by different, you know, by different molecules to give them energy to basically carry out or or have reactions and if they don't have that light energy then they can't really have those reactions in you know in the same way and so i kind of think of it like you know the sun is the painter and the paint the paint and the paintbrush is the rays of the light that it gives off and the painting is what we are and Mm -hmm. it's sort of like a painting that kind of constantly needs to be painted more onto because if we stop getting that those colors then yeah. we lose our color we lose our function yeah. uh, people get pale they get sickly and all the things we, we talked about that where people are tired and exhausted so yeah basically every single cell and molecule is is in effect a some kind of uh, you know something that absorbs light in certain ways but there are specific more specifically you know there's like the chromophores in the mitochondria so like cytochrome c oxidase which is essential for energy production it's where hydrogen meets oxygen and we make water and we basically turn the atpas to make all this energy that absorbs red light 
a lot of red light, which is why red light therapy is so huge because you can, it turns out you can target those specific frequencies or wavelengths of light, hit the mitochondria across the body with red light and actually see, you know, physiologic effects in a positive yeah. way, like reduced inflammation and increased energy production and better skin and joint yeah. quality and the whole thing. So there's so many, but there's those, they're just to name a few. That's, you know, I love red light. I've got a juice panel and hey, yeah, it's, I, I do it for my plants as well because I figured, hey, it's good for me. It's got to be good for them, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I definitely notice your skin gets uh, that kind of flushed blood flow, like if you were sitting in the sun and definitely makes a difference in terms of skin quality. Uh, how you feel, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of endorphins um, going around. And it, it's interesting, right? Because that's just one spectrum of light, the red light. And I think it has infrared as well. But the sun itself, it, to me, it's giving us so many different wavelengths of light that, you know, and we've co-evolved with it for thousands of years. This prevailing narrative now that the sun is bad for us, a tan is not healthy. It, there's like a, a slogan in Australia um, about this, about skin. It's like, there's nothing healthy about a tan. And that's one of the yeah, government nice initiatives. <laughs> <laughs> nice and, try. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, it innately looks good on people. And, you know, what looks good is usually biologically beneficial. That's how our, you know, judgment in terms of what looks good works um, at a, you know, at a primal level. But now I think what we're seeing is whether it's organized and intentional or it's just some people at the top have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, there is a focused effort to get us out of the sun and to make us fearful of the sun and to basically avoid this giver of life that we have um, been around with for thousands of years now. Yeah, it seems to be, um, you know, it's hard to say. I can't reasonably speak about um, the intent behind what's going on because I just don't know. Yeah. But there are there are things that could lead one to believe that there is some sort <laughs> of uh, conspiracy we yeah. could call it yeah. like it's like in every sense of the word like it's a conspiracy like a plan you know people use the term conspiracy theorists like in a negative way but really conspiracy is just like a plan to do something but yeah. it has like a bit of a negative connotation like i have a conspiracy to like really make the world a better place yeah yeah, um, yeah. you know it's, that's not the anyway well, you get the, the cia idea. made so, up that term did you know that i've heard that yes i have heard that yeah. to like discredit anything that that's not <laughs> yeah. approved by the government so, yeah, exactly. It's conspiracy. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Um, so anyhow, the the one that comes to mind the most is this uh, idea of these. There are the Egyptian pharaohs, and there was the one pharaoh uh, Akhenaten who was the first pharaoh to sort of abolish the uh, the many god approach and basically go to this one god approach and the one god that they worshipped was the sun disc the aten it was called and so you know they kind of had it figured out and I, I mean based on some accounts and things i've read and people i've spoken with who you know one guy i talked to actually 
I guess, heard me do a podcast or a talk and he kind of pulled me aside at a conference and he was like, hey, there's a story you should know about, you know, like you need to know all about Akhenaten because he's, he's works in like the travel business in Egypt and he's been there 30 years and it's like sort of this secret thing. But basically after Akhenaten's uh, reign, he was, and you can look him up, this is online, but his, he basically was written out of the Pharaoh's list, which is like the, I guess what they used back then to record every pharaoh that had come before and so he was like the only one who was like off the list they were like he's out and they the preceding pharaoh like totally destroyed the city he had built called amarna which was like a place where they went and worshiped the sun and so i think the point of me saying that as far as like conspiracy and intent and plan behind this whole thing is that since like thousands of years before christ you know there was clearly this sort of um when there was an enlightened society, there was a push to sort of go away from that, you know? And so whether it's really intentional or if it's just sort of like, you know, the nature of the the system and the nature of the power struggles between like the people who want to be in charge and the, the people yeah. that want to subjugate and keep asleep, it's it, it could be both, you know, intentional and unintentional, but it's happening. I mean, regardless of whether yeah, yeah, we want to, regardless like, of the intention, just, yeah, exactly. Regardless a, of the intention, it's what's happening, right? Exactly. So, what was the the Sun City called? Amarna, A M A R N A. We need Super to remake that. I'm gonna. Yeah, dude, that's I'm that's what I'm talking that about. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. I'm I'm totally down. We'll make it happen. We'll have to cool. figure out where so that yeah. they don't, they're not onto us. Wherever the most sun is, that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, well, the most sun in the world would be. I'm. I've been working on figuring this one out. The strongest. <laughs> I, I actually thought about it a lot. So, yeah. first of all, you have to consider that the Earth. It's not a huge difference, but it's. I mean, it's like a couple ten, millions of miles or tens of millions of miles. But the Earth's orbit isn't perfectly uh, circle circular. It's like elliptical. It's I believe is the term. Yes. Yeah exactly it's an ellipse so that so that there is a time when the earth is closest to the sun and i believe that's on january the second or january the first it's one of those days it's it's somewhere around there um early in the new year or late in the end of the year it's a simple google search but um basically i believe it's the second and so anyhow the what you'd have to do from there is figure out okay so that's definitely the time the earth is the closest to the sun so then on earth what is the closest point to the sun on that day yeah and so this would just simply looking at like okay well it's shortly after it's shortly after the um and this is interesting actually you have to see how far this rabbit hole goes but basically it's shortly after the winter solstice which means that the sun is directly overhead just a little bit north of the tropic of capricorn which is obviously you know passing through just either northern australia or just north of australia and then south america and so you'd also want to find where there are mountains on the tropic of capricorn and i believe australia does not qualify there and Mm. egypt uh, i should say africa might i'm not sure how kilimanjaro falls in in relation to the uh this spot but anyway South America is the best candidate because the Andes are very tall mountains that yeah. the tropical Capricorn runs right through. So you'd have to find a place in the Andes where the sun is directly overhead on the day that the earth is closest to the sun. And, you know, I wonder if Machu Picchu is maybe actually close to that um, location because it could be. 
But uh, yeah, that so that could be the spot. I haven't been actually, but anyway, it's just a fun thought experiment. There is yeah. a time when you, you could be like super duper supercharged. And yeah. the cool thing about being in the mountains is obviously you're higher up, you're a little closer to the sun. The air is cool too, which is awesome. So that yeah. you're like a much more magnet for absorbing the light. Because I, I mean, I'm not sure if you had this experience, you probably have, but like when skin is cool and the air is cool, it's a lot easier to assimilate more light. Like I find if I sunbathe when it's 60 or 70 degrees and strong sun and I'm, I'm living in costa rica right now so the sun's pretty strong yeah. if i sunbathe in san jose which is the cap like near the capital in the mountainous areas which is like about uh 2000 or 18 1700 meters above sea level it's like 5,000 feet 4500 feet uh i i just can take the sun a lot longer and get a much nicer crisp than if i'm in the coast and it's like 85 90 degrees fahrenheit yeah. or like i don't know it's probably 30 celsius and i'm all sweaty and it's just like yeah, you know I mean, I, my tolerance is a lot less. Yeah, I find as well that um, just naturally, like depending on what time of year it is, the UV index can range from like in winter in Australia, you know, middle of the day, it's like three or four. Oh, whereas yeah. in summer, it gets to like 12, 13, 14 on the, on the, so that's like, I think that's what people don't realize is like that getting sun exposure is different depending on what time of day it is um obviously in the morning and sunset it's it's coming out at, at the earth at a much different angle so you're not getting as much and correct me if i'm wrong uv radiation but you're still getting yeah i know you're right good quality light and infrared light as well yeah 100 yeah. percent. it's like red light therapy to the max i mean if you yeah. like look at someone at sunrise or sunset like golden hour it's like mm. full body red light slash orange light irradiance and it's the yeah. most like amazing thing yeah and you know actually i'd like to study more on the deep scientific benefits of um of sun gazing specifically i've read a bit and you know i know that basically <clears throat> based on the research and the and the, also the ancient wisdom like the light passing through the eye when you get yeah. it at that at that range on the horizon because the uv and a lot of the harmful high or the high energy blue as well is yeah. filtered out i mean again i believe uv and blue from the sun at the right times balanced by the rest of the spectrum in limited doses you know um or or copious doses just before getting you know burnt really bad yeah. um is really healthy but yeah. but nonetheless like the eye is particularly sensitive and so too much could definitely burn the retina and burn the eye yeah. and so anyway you can look directly in it obviously as you know as you mentioned at the beginning of the of the call here yeah right at sunrise and sunset for about like to again at, to your point of the sun changing throughout the day and throughout the year like in the winter you could look because especially if you're far off of the equator or off the tropics mm. like the sun rises at an angle it doesn't go straight up unless you're on the you know unless you're yeah. on the equator or in the tropics it barely goes straight up um it goes kind of usually up from this from in the southern hemisphere if it's rising in the east it would rise to the northeast and then it would circle over the northern part of the sky and set in the south uh, go, go southeast from yeah. the middle of the day and then in the northern hemisphere obviously it's the opposite but so in the winter in the far in the southern hemisphere like australia or southern south america or north america you can look at the sun directly for like a lot longer like even an hour hour and a half 
maybe yeah. even two if you're in like Norway, because it just kind of drags along the horizon. It doesn't yeah. like I was in Norway in the middle of the summer in northern Norway at the 77th latitude, which is like super close to the North Pole. But it's actually habitable up there because of the Gulf Stream in northern Norway, like the top, top of Norway. Anyhow, in the sun, it was the summer and the sun, because of how far they are off the equator, it actually rose and circled around the sky the whole day and set just a little bit on the ocean and then rose just next to where it set and circled all the way around the sky in a circle. Super trippy. Yeah. But anyhow, so yeah, sun gazing is this amazing thing. And to your point about the early morning sun being really beneficial, when we look straight into the sun, there's been this knowledge for the last thousands of years that this direct transmission of light directly into the eye is extremely extremely powerful for now we know it's the circadian rhythm but back then you know they knew it heightened your intuitive sense and now yeah. that there's this clear connection in the literature between the pineal gland and yeah. melatonin production and the third eye basically of of ancient uh you know studies <clears throat> and beliefs like by getting this light in the eye that one of the main things it's doing is stimulating the the pineal gland basically yeah. um via the eye and the the nervous system in the brain and so on so super interesting stuff highly recommend people do that but here's the kind the other thing is if you're not far off the equator or it's like winter then you can only and it's it's a strong summer like you know where it is in the the states right now you can only sun gaze maybe for 30 minutes um, to be safe, 30 yeah. to 40 at the most. I of, often recommend only 20 for, or even five or zero for people who are just starting, just like a, a quick look or looking off to the side. Yeah. Because I don't want anyone any to burn their retinas and blame yeah, yeah. So please. <laughs> yeah, it's always like you want to recommend these things, but then you get the guy that's just going, oh, okay, sun gazing is good. R walk out in the middle of the day and just stare at the sun <laughs> and burn himself because he doesn't critically think. So you always have to have that disclaimer. Look, okay, yeah, not in the right. middle of the day. You know, if your eyes really, really burn, obviously don't do it. But sunset and sunrise, sunrise, uh, I haven't done as much because where I am, it doesn't really suit itself. But sunset is, it, it's this beautiful meditative experience. <clears throat> and what ends up happening is like, traditionally, you think of the sun, it's like this, you know, there's like rays of light, it's kind of hazy, it's just, you know, very bright. But when you're at sunset, when your eyes focus and you know, settle into receiving the light and looking directly at the sun, it becomes this perfect sphere, this perfect sphere of light. And there's no like, there's no pain or, or brightness in your eyes kind of, you don't get that, you know, that reaction yeah. that you do to bright light usually. And you, you settle in and you really feel that light. And, you know, the method of sun gazing is to visualize that light and that energy passing through the door of your pupil and soaking your brain and clearing your brain. And you really want to visualize that at the same time as you're doing it. And when you get into that state, it is a very meditative experience. And one that I find is like, it's, it's a beautiful ritual, you know, um, you can think about the, the, the pin, pin, pineal gland and the third eye chakra, you know, being supercharged because of that. But another benefit of it is that if you are directly getting the information to your brain, that is basically saying you're looking at it at sunset, that is information that your brain's taking in. And it's like, okay, the sun is setting now, the sun is setting now. And there's a big dose of that into your brain. <clears throat> and what that does is 
later on, if you're using blue light uh, at night, as we all do, and as we shouldn't do, but as we all do, the blue light that would usually disrupts your sleep cycle because your brain is thinking, oh, the sun might be up at this time. Okay, cool. And it, that's what it's programming in and it makes you more alert and it makes your sleep, you know, a lower quality. If you're getting a huge dose of the sun is setting, the sun is setting, the sun is setting by sun gazing, it actually goes a long way. And there's literature on this. It goes a long way to preventing the wakefulness that blue light at night uh, creates for you. So if you do find that you're working at night, you're on your phone at night, which you shouldn't be, but you know, I understand everyone does it in, in today's world. If you can just spend 10, 15 minutes sun gazing at sunset, that is, you know, it, it goes a long way to making yourself feel more tired at night, but also preventing the blue light uh, spectrum from fucking up your sleep cycle. Yeah, that's fascinating. That's a really good point. I actually haven't looked into that too much, like offsetting the effects of blue light later, but it yeah. does make a lot of sense because you're getting such a strong circadian stimulus <clears throat> that it's yeah. night. So it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't I don't know if I told this to you or if you know it, but I make blue light blocking glasses actually for that specific purpose. So yeah. I started what, what are they called? Raw Optics. So after the sun god Raw. Cool. And uh, so that was something that, yeah, I'd love to get you some, absolutely. And that was something that sort of, I started just as a result of learning about this stuff. And of course, you know, wanting to, I learned, was learning about all this stuff when I was in high school and throughout yeah. all my years of high school. So as soon as I graduated, I was like, all right, well, I learned a lot of really cool stuff. Now, how can I make something useful of this and, and sort of have my own business and ability yeah. to go obviously travel and do cool stuff. And that was the, the product that became clear was the lowest hanging fruit as far as affecting, giving a big change for people's lives yeah. uh, and not a super high cost, not super challenging to use. Yeah. And uh, that's been, it's been really, really cool. Cause like we've had tens of thousands of people have better sleep and better health and yeah. protected eyes and protected circadian rhythms as a result. Uh, and so that's really fun. And we are probably going to expand into things like light therapy devices, not even probably, um, but that sort of things and, awesome. and all sorts of really cool stuff like that. So yes, definitely blue light at night is an issue that people should be aware of. Yeah. Um, but I'd say like, even, even as someone who makes, you know, blue light blocking glasses, I tell people that the biggest thing that they need to be doing is actually getting the sun because yeah. I'd rather someone get the sun and still be exposed to blue light at night than to not get any sun and wear my glasses and block the blue light at night. Because yeah. it's yeah. just, you need the sun. Different things. First, first principles yeah. first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can you, um, I'd like to speak about blue light a bit more specifically, because you probably know a lot about, about it more than I do, but blue light itself is, so there's the sleep angle, but there's also, in terms of the artificial blue light that we find ourselves bathed in from morning till night uh, these days. So there's all the screens that we're looking at, which is, you know, going into the the eyes a lot of the time, but there's also, you know, fluorescent lights, which don't have a full spectrum of light that we put in offices. And that's what, you know, our skin is exposed to most of the day. Uh, high levels of inflammation from that, but also in places like hospitals, like, 
hospitals used to be open air, you know, wheeled out into the sun in order to heal. But now, which I think it's, you know, one of the biggest probably health issues uh, of the modern day is that people that we're trying to get to heal are spending all day under these toxic blue light emitting fluorescent lights, which is completely fucking up their recovery, sleep, everything. So could you just talk a bit about what blue light is in terms of the artificial sources, how it's different from getting the blue light in the sun and uh, what can we do to kind of eliminate those negative effects from that? Yeah, so um, I definitely haven't been able to learn a thing or two about it <laughs> being in the, <laughs> in, the, in the space. And yeah. basically the the best way I would put it, I mean, I'm glad we, we earlier already spoke on the, the benefits a little bit of blue light from the sun because basically like just i'd like to start there just so people can have a, a little refresher because basically blue light from the sun is part of the normal full spectrum so as you know so there's obviously red orange yellow green blue violet all the colors of the rainbow and then there's also infrared and ultraviolet wavelengths and so these are the ones that we don't see as you know we don't see them visually but they're still there and these also have really big biological effects and then the rest of the spectrum of the sun which is like if the sun if the solar spectrum was like 72 octaves we only get one of them coming to earth so the rest of that's filtered out by the atmosphere um which is kind of cool because you know if it wasn't we probably wouldn't exist we'd be all zapped by gamma rays and all these different things but so basically blue light from the sun is is stimulating our circadian rhythm that's what the body has evolved to naturally use it for and as as a result of that and being balanced with all the rest of the colors of the spectrum it can actually be a beneficial thing to have this blue light from the sun during the day so then where we get into trouble though is blue light is by by its nature it's more it's basically uh, more high energy than the rest of the colors alongside violet and ultraviolet. It's, it's so the thing is there's a lot more of the color in the blue range than there is of violet and ultraviolet just proportionally. And so basically with blue being this high energy light, it, it is, it falls into the category of what I was describing earlier as more oxidizing and potentially more damaging and detrimental to the cells if we get too much of it just like yeah. in the same way that uh you know oxygen like oxygen interestingly enough is highly uh oxidizing that's where the word oxidizing Free radical, comes from. right yeah uh, oxygen is very 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 uh unstable unstable molecule or i should say not um molecule but it is very uh, volatile is the correct term it's a volatile atom the oxygen mm -hmm. atom because it wants to steal electrons from everything so it's oxidizing and so in the same way um you know in a, in a sort of similar parallel way oxygen is something that could be considered harmful like for you know if you leave out a, a bike chain it can rust because of oxidization from oxygen but the yeah. body uses oxygen because we have all these controlled systems to take advantage of this otherwise potentially harmful molecule but we've been able to offset those effects by through evolution and, and actually use this intense energy uh, pull effect of oxygen to create super complex metab metabolism, which is how all eukaryotic complex life on Earth exists, is taking advantage of oxygen in our mitochondria. And actually, it's interesting, we should get, we'll get into this a little bit with blue light, but melatonin is the antioxidant based on the history that 
was developed to allow us to exist using oxygen because of the, again, free radicals that are created through using oxygen as a uh, electron acceptor in our mitochondria. Yeah. Basically, melatonin allows us to offset that damage and, and it's super powerful. So we'll get into melatonin as we get into blue light. But when we take that, that blue light and which is can be damaging, but it's not damaging when it's balanced by the full spectrum of sunlight, especially the red and near infrared components. When we isolate it down and we do not have the near infrared, all of a sudden blue light becomes extremely damaging in the same way that oxygen could be if we didn't have all these other systems in the body. So basically the sun is this full spectrum sort of multivitamin with all the colors, the red, the infrared, the violet, the ultraviolet, and all the colors in between. When we take it and like you said, put it into a fluorescent bulb or an LED or a screen device, now these bulbs typically have a very thin and uh, thin and powerful spike in blue, green, and red. And those three combine to make white. So basically what yeah. we're doing with artificial light, this is really interesting when you get back into like the theory of it. What we're doing with artificial light, the original invention was allowing people to work longer hours in a sort of predictable fashion. Mm. So, you know, people could use artificial light basically instead of it getting dark and everyone not being able to see and, and getting tired, especially because they could use like gas lamps and stuff, but those don't really have, they have very little blue light in them. So people get tired. Yeah. But with electric lighting, you could extend work. natural scene. Naturally, right? And that's the best part. So we sort of created this thing to unnaturally stimulate oh, ourselves <laughs> and stay awake longer. Yeah. And so artificial light, because it just blue light specifically in a in a natural way during the day stimulates the production of, as I said earlier, cortisol and our stress hormones to keep us awake. And, and yeah. it's all healthy and good when it's at the right time of day because we have the systems to repair that yeah. oxidative stress when we sleep but so when we introduce artificial light that contains blue light at night that basically is wow. getting rid of that opportunity that we're supposed to have to sleep and repair so you know you mentioned that sleep is is one thing that that is a risk of blue light so blue light at night yes especially bad because we get that blue light at night and increases our cortisol production which decreases our melatonin production naturally and so this is happening at the wrong time of day though so we're basically our window when we're supposed to be repairing and going into that less metabolically active more repair based state is no longer occurring just because we're getting that blue light stimulus at night so that's a huge issue and probably the biggest issue of blue light however as you were getting at regarding just even being indoors where i started to observe this this uh issue or just as i as i considered this a lot over the last few years is that we because we have this belief or we've had this belief as a species that we didn't we simply haven't known we believe that light is just something that allows us to see right so as long as you have light to see that's all you need it for but that's based on that's a false belief basically the the true thing that light is doing is powering our biology yeah and so and it allows us to see but it powers our body first it powers the body it powers the reactions in our cells and it by its actions on the mitochondria and cellular water and all these things so it's actually giving energy for the reactions of life and for us to function and it's especially relevant for extremely energy demanding organisms that are extremely complex like humans with the human brain and you could see significant de-evolution which i believe we have we're not even aware of it as a species like i believe the current human species is operating at 
I don't, I don't even know, maybe 25 to 50% of our potential, if that. Yeah. And so as, as an average, species, maybe even 10%, you know, and we're, yeah, we're on the same page about this. But so just by living indoors under this artificial light, this man-made light, which isn't the sun, yes, we're getting enough light that we can see. But as you know, the, the, the lux or the lumens put off by these lights is something like less than a thousand in typical indoor lighting environment settings versus yeah. outdoor light on a bright sunny day can be up to a hundred thousand lux or fifty thousand lux it's like mm -hmm. literally tens of thousands times brighter yeah, yeah tens of thousands exactly and so it, it's literally tens to 50 times or more brighter just being outside and this is actually that light isn't just it's not about the brightness for our visual stuff our visual processes it's for powering the body it's for this sort of uh, these ther therapeutic effects that we're getting uh, from the light, even if we're not directly sunbathing in the light, this is another thing that you know sometimes is confusing for people. Like even if you're not directly sunbathing with your shirt off or whatever, the light is still hitting our eyes, and this has a really huge effect. So all that's to say, basically, when we go inside, we're we're not only are we significantly, first and foremost, we're significantly deficient in the full spectrum of light to power our body. So the, the best analogy I've thought of for this is like trying to use a phone charger to power a refrigerator. It's like, it's not gonna work. It's <laughs> not gonna work. It's just not, you know, it's gonna yeah. work. If it does work, it's gonna work at a super low level and it's not gonna keep anything cold. And that's literally the same thing that happens when we live as human beings powered by mm. artificial light. We're deceived into thinking that, that everything is good and well sitting in an office under fluorescent tubes while we're basically withering away. Uh, yep. That's the best way I can put it. So anyhow, in the blue light is toxic. It causes oxidative stress in the body when it's not paired with the near infrared. And there's all these other effects that can damage our eyes and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we just need to get the heck outside. You know, that's yeah. basically the take. <laughs> exactly. Like all these, all these uh, explanations, beautiful to know, but ultimately if you're, if you're listening, just get outside as much as possible. That's that's all you need to know. That's, you know, it's not going to harm you. It's going to make you feel better. It's going to make you look better. It's going to make you stronger. Your body fat's going to lower, you know, all of these things that like we have these scientific studies to prove a lot of things where like you could have asked someone's great grandparents and they'd be like, yeah, go outside more. You know, it's, it, it's very innately right. primal advice that uh i think a lot of people <clears throat> because of the way that science is is portrayed in western uh society is like they they need an a study or an explanation to to do something or to to feel validated in listening to someone but ultimately do what feels good it feels good sitting in the sun sunbathing so there's obviously something good biologically going on it feels shitty being indoors all day that's a fact so you know and i get it like people are working and they have these jobs but you know when i was working in office i always made it a point to like on your lunch break go outside as much as possible even if it's raining you know just get out of that environment and you know you, you'll, you'll feel better because of it now 100%. i wanted to also talk about sunscreen now this is a big thing that seems to get a lot of people worked up because i don't know whether it's like just a rejection of <clears throat> the programming we've had um especially in australia is that 
you have to have sunscreen outside at all times. And some people would argue, even if you're indoors through a window and you know, that's a separate topic that I wanted to speak about in terms of the light coming through the window, what's happening there. But sunscreen itself, I think is a creation of companies that want to make money, obviously, that we don't need, that we've never needed for thousands of years. And I would even go as far as to say that the chemicals being put in a lot of these mass produced sunscreens, and you could speak a little bit about if there are, if there are any that are worthwhile to use, if you are say outside all day, but even then I would say, you know, use a, a cap and clothing to pre prevent sun exposure before you reach for the chemical bullshit. The chemicals within these sunscreens are actively causing the skin cancers and the leukemias themselves. So what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I'd say we're on the same page, man. Like from the reading I've done on the subject, it seems to be pretty clear in the literature that a lot of, and there's even, I saw you, you posted it on your um, Twitter page as well. I had posted it on my Instagram. There was an article, I think in Bloomberg, basically yeah. clearly showing that one of the active ingredients in most sunscreens or in many large sunscreens is directly linked to a cancer. And this is like a major publication. Yeah. Imagine like it's a fact. all this time. <laughs> yeah. Imagine it's taking all this time. Like, I mean, what else do people need more than that? You know, yeah. yes, it's just yeah. one article. The thing is there's way more research and evidence behind this than just the one article that finally reaches the mainstream media. Yeah. Um, but yet it was so obvious that they could no longer deny it. And of course it makes for a great story for them. So yeah. now of course the sunscreen companies are going to get rid of that one particular chemical and then say, Oh, now it's all good. Like, yeah. but yet yeah. all the rest of the chemicals are still toxic. And so, yeah, I'm, I fully agree with you. It's, it's also worth noting when these chemicals go into the sun, they're, highly uh they're oxidized they're damaged by the sun so they become really yeah. yeah really oxidized and and basically damaging to the body and they're all absorbing into the blood like where's that stuff going it's not evaporating yeah. it's absorbing yeah. into our bloodstream so it's all this toxic highly oxidized you know basically radical um atoms and mo or molecules that are going into the blood and basically causing havoc and it's it's disgusting if you really think about it how yeah, much sunscreen yeah. people lather on the body um, it'd be one thing if you put sunscreen on you weren't baking in the sun it's actually worse to wear it when you're baking in the sun because it becomes really <laughs> oxidized yeah, and damaged yeah, yeah. you know so so anyhow that's that's one consideration of course there's the other consideration that you know which we've we've covered thoroughly but that you why would you want to block the sun because it's actually beneficial so not only yep. are you blocking something that's good for you you're, you're putting on something that's actively horribly bad for the body yeah uh, and then also what's interesting is that we do have sunscreen it's natural sunscreen in our body it's called our skin and specifically mm. dna actually and I, I found this super interesting there's a really really amazing video on youtube by this german researcher i mentioned earlier named dr alexander wunsch and it's spelled like w-u-n-s-c-h wunsch but it's like German Wunsch and basically means wish in German, interestingly enough. And basically Dr. Wish or Dr. Wunsch, uh, he did a great talk at the University of San Diego and basically was saying it's called why the sun is necessary for optimal health. And he explains very nicely there. Anyone can watch it when we're exposed to the sun in the springtime and our body's starting to get ready for the, the exposure coming. Basically, this stimulus causes the top layer of the skin cells 
the epidermis, I believe, to basically die. And then they scatter their DNA. And the DNA that's scattered, because it, also interestingly, DNA, this is another hole in the, um, a huge gaping hole in the theory of sun causing skin cancer, specifically UV causing skin cancer and being bad for us, is that our DNA utilizes ultraviolet light for communication and for signaling so it's really really something that no one talks about and no one knows about but mm. there's an amazing textbook called light shaping life biophotons in biology and medicine that i read at some point on my journey it was fascinating and literally they, they've done all these studies and found that dna basically fluoresces and absorbs and remits ultraviolet light the stuff that they say causes cancer our cells use that for communication it's actually the stimulus for what causes cells to divide the very thing that they say causes cancer so it's a really i'd say asinine assertion mm. and very uninformed assertion that ultraviolet is bad for us yes in excess of course it's bad so is oxygen so is water but in reasonable doses absolutely not anyhow back to this uh, skin protection process that we have naturally. So these cells scatter the, this DNA, and this DNA is like 99.9% .9 effective at absorbing and basically slowing down ultraviolet light. It absorbs ultraviolet light and it re-emits it as infrared. And so, or, yeah, basically in the infrared range. So basically we already have a protection system, like an extremely effective and efficient protective system for turning high energy ultraviolet into really naturally beneficial and healing infrared through our mm. skin. And this is why, probably why the heliotherapists who, who the doctors you were talking about earlier, who literally would have these clinics where they would roll people out into the sun yeah. and they would get healthier. Um, they, they would, they were very, very careful about the sun exposure. Like they would start with just one minute. Yeah, on just the feet. And then the next day, they would roll out the feet and do one minute on the feet. And then they'd roll out the shins up to the knee. And then they do uh, another minute on the shins. And so they would build up just by a minute or so every day, and also adding another portion of the body until they're up to five or 10 minutes on the whole body, and then the other side of the body, and they would do that all over again. But they would say the deeper the tan, the better the cure. And so I, I thoroughly mm. believe, especially based on experience with people I've met who are really, 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 really tan for like, you know, it's easier to tell if someone's unusually tan if they're like white skinned. Yeah. Um, but you can also tell if someone's really tan if they have dark skin because you can just tell, you know, they're either a paler complexion yeah. or a more tan complexion. But people who are super tan who have light skin, I typically have found to be the absolute most robust, healthiest, happiest yeah. people because they're yeah. just alive they're so alive 100%. and i i haven't yet to achieve this dark dark brown tan i get like a really good color for yeah. someone who's of irish descent but i do believe if i continue to work on it i will i too will be able to achieve a, a very very brown uh, color at some day or maybe not maybe my genetics just don't allow it anyhow so yeah. all that's to say that Sun, the natural, they call it the solar callus. This guy, Dr. Wunsch, calls it a solar callus, just like calluses from working out with lifting weights or running barefoot or whatever. You get the solar callus, aka a tan. And that is the absolute number one best protection, chemical free, and it allows us to make the sun even better for our body to better assimilate it into infrared light. And I don't know why anyone would want to do anything different, to be honest. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. And so in terms of a plan for someone that's never exposed to sun, you you can't go out instantly in the middle of the day for an hour and not get burnt. You know, I don't want to obviously put that in people's heads and then they worry about burning all the time, but just go out for 10 minutes, you know, 
and then leave it and then slowly work up just like the heliotherapist did with sick people you can do and you know it's, it's a slow grind it's a it's a gradual thing i myself uh english descent 100 english and you know i i get comments on my tan and you know the traditional thinking is that oh you're an englishman you can't get tan it's bullshit it's bullshit you know mm-hmm. every Absolutely. human can you know produce this response to <clears throat> higher sun environment and i'm in australia as well it's not english sun you know it's uh, i i haven't burnt over the whole summer the last two years never use sunscreen anymore at all and you never burn but i think another side of it is you know the sun is a source of inflammation obviously the dose is whether it's good or bad for you but if you already have a lot of lifestyle factors that contribute to inflammation otherwise then you are more susceptible to the sun so if you're drinking a lot not sleeping properly smoking eating garbage all of that is going to mean that you're less capable of absorbing the sun's radiation so you really need to look at that side of it as well so you need to cut out all of those inflammatory things that are gonna you know put stress on the body which then means you can't take as much sun because the sun is a a good source of inflammation rather than all these other things which your body has to process uh, otherwise so i have people sometimes that say hey I, i can't go out in the sun for 10 minutes otherwise i burn straight away that's probably because you know, maybe you're not doing it at the right time of day, start off in the morning or evening. Uh, so you're not getting the, the highest UV uh, time of day. Uh, because, you know, getting morning sunlight, like you said before, it protects the body because it gives your body that signal of the morning sun, which seems to protect against the midday sun. Uh, I remember reading a story about a, a Caucasian guy who is, um, working or not working he was deployed in the military in you know the middle east and he was speaking about how if he spent all day in the sun without getting morning sunlight he might get a bit burnt but if he was out in the morning you know with the sunrise he would never get burnt and it's it's that timing of the skin just kind of waking up and be like all right the the sun's up let's put out all these things uh, to prepare us for the rest of the day and then he wouldn't get burned. Yeah, so I think 100%. it's that that's that same thing that's going on. So if you're if you want to get a tan or just working work on your sun exposure, get out in the sun in the morning, you know, for all the circadian rhythm issues as well, uh, benefits as well. Um, natural SPF stuff. So coconut oil has SPF five. I think there's like a raspberry extract has something similar. Uh, so I like to put a bit of coconut oil on the entire body uh, before I sunbathe. So that's going to help hydrate the skin, which is going to help, um, you know, deal with that inflammation from the sun and just mean that you, you know, the drier you are, the more you're likely to burn. But if you get rid of the other thing is is seed oils, and that's probably <clears throat> one of the biggest ones to eliminate. Uh, I speak about processed seed oils a lot because I think they are probably the number one health issue facing a lot of people today in terms of the masses. But if you are eating a lot of food or cooking a lot of food in this very unstable, usually rancid, highly processed oil, which isn't, you know, it's called vegetable oil. There's no vegetables (laughs) involved in making it. Canola oil, it's just this seed oil garbage that was used to be used as an industrial lubricant. Uh, which we are now putting in our food and consuming. And obviously if it goes in the food, it goes in the body. 
and then it actually sits in your skin tissues and similar to the sunscreen when those chemical when that chemical oil is exposed to the sun it oxidizes because unsaturated it's a polyunsaturated fat saturation meaning it has a an exposed oxygen atom so it's gonna oxidize same as the sunscreens and then so you have that kind of basically frying your skin you know you fry it in a pan you heat it up you heat it up in the sun you're frying as well that's what's causing the sunburn so completely eliminating that from your diet forever because it actually stays in your muscle, in your fat tissues for you know months and months and months. These these horrific seed oils. So cutting out those entirely uh, means that you're actually going to get energy from the sun rather than burning. So there's a whole kind of strategy behind getting out in the sun properly if you've never really had it before. But one that is a very very vital you know, for all the reasons we've talked about today uh, and a good thing, good endeavor to do. hundred percent. I couldn't agree more Yeah. on all of that. You know, one thing I have used is um, zinc oxide. So like there's a couple companies that make a sort of sunscreen with basically zinc oxide as the base and like uh, coconut oil and yeah. some, like chocolate and things like that and i'll use that if i go out surfing in the middle of the day in a place yeah. where i have not yet adjusted to the strength of the sun or if i'm just going to be out for a long time and yeah. the benefit of that the thing i like about it is that you know for the most part the zinc it's called non-nano zinc oxides so basically the zinc isn't absorbing yeah they're bigger particles they're not absorbing into the blood uh and so that's something that i like about it and it's it's probably the i mean it's definitely the only thing i would use for sunscreen and it has to be like all, all organic ingredients and stuff um but that's the only thing i would ever use and again only sparingly like i'm not rubbing it all over my whole body i'm just rubbing it over like my nose and my face the places that you know where the skin is the most sensitive yeah. so that's you know something people could do if they're out surfing uh, or you could get like a surf hat that's also not a bad idea yeah yeah exactly you know clothing my surf hat puts a barrier in between you and the sun you're in the shade you're protected no one can argue against that versus getting sunscreen spending money on this fucking toxic glop you know i, I think the the narrative's changing you know there's a lot of people that think you instantly get skin cancer if you go out in the sun without sunscreen and that's just you know programming from the people that don't know better but uh, i think the uh the tide is turning Thank you to guys like you uh, for spreading the message otherwise about the sun and light in general. Hey, you too. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, you're doing a great job. Um, and the one thing I would add as well to all of this as I've kind of gone through this uh, journey about learning about light and how it affects the body is I found that are you know as we are these beings of light essentially and yeah. you know light is so relevant to us, we also as I sort of alluded to earlier, we have basically inner light that is very, very instrumental to how we function. And, you know, this is basically like the energy that moves through our spine and in our cells and everything. Yeah. And that, you know, there's all these people now today who are obviously practicing meditation and yoga and Qigong and Tai Chi and everything like that. And I think it's super cool because it, you know, the ancients who also knew about the benefits of external sunlight and, you know, fire and things like this and sun gazing also mm. knew that it was super important to actually cultivate our inner light. 
And yeah. so that's something that I've, you know, I found that getting a ton of sun and all this and living in nature makes me feel really good. But like, if I have, for example, like limiting belief systems or things like this, like I could be in super, some kind of, you know, good harmony with my outer environment, yeah. but um, I'm, you know, could still be creating disharmony internally. So I, I also recommend people if they're, you know, people who might hear this and be inspired, don't just focus just on the sun, also focus on yeah. You know, practices like meditation or something like that to actually improve our thoughts because yeah. I think that's very powerful and that's also very related again the inner light alongside yeah. the outer light so it's it's the inner energy system that the chakras are aligned to right and yeah. there are many different things like some people balk at the idea of, of chakras because they're not you know you can't see them or feel them in any kind of tangible sense but <clears throat> I'll, I'll say that my own experience the body and the fascia is you know the, the fascia being the connective tissue in between all the muscles uh, that is inherently tied to our emotional state and the flow of energy that powers us all you know there's there's some oh, sure. sort of innate biological force or spiritual force whatever you want to call it that is making us exist as you know machines and humans all the unconscious stuff all the the energy that flows through us when we feel particularly excited about something all of that is coming from somewhere now you cannot only be explained by oh yeah we're eating food there are calories and that and that's what powers you know that's that's part of it but there are other unscientifically explainable yet um sources of energy that we get which is seems to be tied to this chakra system that you know correlates to areas of the spine and blockages can occur right so the throat chakra for example if you find yourself unable to always express yourself and you're always lying or you're not really speaking up when you feel you know disrespected or something that can block the throat chakra so you you may feel troubles speaking or whatever same with your root chakra you know further down if you're not <clears throat> sexually expressing yourself or you know you have issues with that kind of part of your life then you're going to experience an energy blockage there and yoga and solving your internal emotional problems and living in a life that is conducive to how you truly feel inside which you could argue is you know spiritual development in a way it's like getting rid of all the egoic emotional bullshit problems that tend to dominate our waking thoughts that unlocks a lot of energy that was otherwise directed to bullshit and when you have that energy available for biologically living instead of you know the mental machinations then you become a lot healthier because of it and you know that's why yogis look so good that you know glowing from the inside is because most of the time they've done the spiritual work the internal work that allows them to let go of all the bullshit that was plaguing them before you know who are the most stressed people that they're the people that that also look the unhealthiest that are you know working super hard they always have to you know impress their boss they don't really give a fuck about they're doing work that they don't care about they're never outside you know all of these things that mean that the human being the vessel that is physical channeling this other energy system 
it, it's, it's not able to get through when there are these blockages and, you know, that can mean uh, chemical substances that are blocking it, you know, different drugs and alcohol can, can shut off that kind of internal spiritual uh, connection that we have. So there's a whole other system that need, like you said, needs to be considered other than just, you know, the biological side of it, food, diet, sleep, sunlight. I'm glad yeah, you brought I'm it up. Com completely with you. And I, and that's, it's, and you said unscientifically, or it can't be scientifically explained actually, but there is uh, a lot of okay. good foundational evidence i would say just for the skeptics out there who could take that and run with it like there's yeah. a lot of good uh, foundation at least with uh there's a guy named robert obecker who wrote a cool book called the body electric like decades ago but basically he studied all of the you know he was trying to figure out how salamanders could regenerate whole limbs and humans can't and uh you know basically determined that or found that the entire body is an electrical system and there is this sort of energy that was not henceforth ex explicable or explained and he didn't even fully document the whole thing because on a separate note his lab was shut down because one of his students was uh based on his research was challenging the whole uh narrative of the power industries that all these emf and electromagnetic fields are safe which is a whole other podcast discussion yeah. but basically uh so his lab was defunded and shut down but he did a lot of really good work in the time and it's documented in the book the body electric and so there's there's definitely some good foundation him and, and as well as many others that there is this uh, energy field that basically is the guiding force for our life and that the body is actually a physical manifestation and reflection reflection of a governing energy field that does exist around us that is actually like who we are like we would call the soul um and so it's super interesting and that's you know the chakras kind of make up the key key points of that energy field and are correlated like to how basically he was also questioning like how for example if every cell has the exact same set of genes uh how then does you know a liver cell know to become a liver cell and a kidney cell know to become a kidney cell because every cell has the same set of 23 chromosomes um, mm. so what's stimulating each cell to turn on and off certain genes like there's zero not not just a little bit there's zero explanation for that in western medicine and in traditional biochemistry yeah. um, that is actually legitimate and so he found that it has to do with electrical signals basically electricity energy effectively yeah. and so the chakra the energy centers are basically the field the, the points in the field you know the like you said the for the root yeah. chakra the first the first energy center um basically is is what that energy is what stimulates the formation of the reproductive organs and then the second energy center the digestive system the third the adrenal glands the kidneys the fourth the heart the lungs the fifth the throat the vocal cords the mouth the face and then the sixth like the brain the pineal gland and so on the seventh yeah. the crown uh the top of the head but anyway the skull but so it's super interesting stuff and um i encourage people check out you're probably familiar with dr joe dispenza he's like uh oh yeah maybe not yeah he's amazing really cool uh western sort of doctor and neuroscientist effectively who's basically taking all this uh science and kind of merging it with spirituality and practices like meditation that people can use and so for the for those who are either super spiritual or super scientific and whatever atheist what have you yeah. he's a really cool person i also recommend people check out so 
Yeah, man. Well, this is awesome. I'm super stoked. We gotta we gotta shoot the shit about light for a while. <laughs> this yeah. is great. Thanks so much for joining me, man. Uh, appreciate it, and I learned a lot. <laughs> me too. I lo- I love I love speaking about this always because it's just, you know, again, I I realize that like I often take for granted what I what I've learned, and uh, you know, just because I it's so almost obvious to me, yeah. and and sometimes forget that like you know, 7 billion people on earth <laughs> information um, and like yeah. the people in the Western world, especially the developed world who are suffering the most as a result of this yep. indoor lifestyle. So yeah, yeah, super, super cool. Get outside, get some sun, get naked in the sun. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll have to connect. Where, where did you say again, you're based in Australia? Um, I will keep that to myself. Offline, offline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post podcast, I want to hear. You can tell me. But anyway, everyone, thank you so much for listening in. Yeah. Take care. Thanks. Oh, you know what? Actually, one more thing I'll say. People should go if if people are interested in blue light blocking glasses, we can, you know, get you some and you can try them out. But if people want to learn more about me and what I'm doing, you can go to my Instagram, which is the light diet. It's just my handle, the light diet. And this is like an eight-step protocol that I put together, the light diet to from all the things I learned that people can use a lot of the things we covered today, like avoiding the toxic foods and drinking unfluoridated water and getting in the sun, watching the sunrise, watching the sunset, et cetera. People can check that out on my Instagram at the light diet. And we actually just launched a course. I just launched a course, like a simple video series explaining these things with sufficient detail so anyone can get it and apply it. And then obviously there's raw, the brand, we make these blue light blocking glasses. If you want to protect your circadian rhythms at night, you can do that. It can be really useful for people embarking on this path. Um, so anyhow, yeah, check it out. Awesome, man. Uh, I'll be sure to check all those out. Mavarika, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time. This has been so fast. <clears throat> Take care. <laughs>